Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to keep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan. Friends and welcome. Well, well, I guess we're still in the spooky season. Welcome, welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. I am Joel, and I'm Ryan. And uh, yeah, welcome. We are still right in the throes of the spooky season. I still have the spooky background. Got to get one more use out of that, and, uh, and of course. This one, uh, you know, if you if you are watching this, um, you are seeing our uh, amazing guests from last week, uh, Michael and Rob, joining us for our double feature edition. Uh, hope you were able to check out some of those movies. I, I was talking to some friends about it, and they were absolutely. They're like, "Oh my god, older movies! That sounds really cool." Yeah. Oh yeah. You. Oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, I was a little hard last week. I guess that's just, that's the apology sound, by the way. So, <laughs> if you guys don't know what that is, um, I was a little hard last week on a actor in When a Stranger Calls, uh, Tony Beckley. Is that his name? I think that is what we discovered his name was. Yes, is British actor. He's he. He's maybe in in some circles. I think he's probably most famous for uh, being the killer in When a Stranger Calls. Spoiler alert for When a Stranger Calls. But uh, he's more. I think in England, his native England, he's more famous for playing little bit parts in all the Michael Caine crime thrillers of the sixties and seventies. Um, he's in the one with the little cars, and uh, can't remember what that one's called. Uh, they remade it mm, with like Mark yeah. Wahlberg and a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> um, anyway, he was a pretty good actor. He had a pretty accomplished career. He's in one of my favorite cycles of Doctor Who. I was just kind of mean to him because I think on the in When a Stranger Calls, I, I feel like just knowing the background of that and that he was going through this sort of nervous breakdown and that he was sick of cancer and that he was kind of dying, I feel like something kind of amazing was captured in that movie. And I was trying to articulate that whilst also sort of dissing on his, his acting technique, because I just feel like it's, it's weird. It's off that film's written in a certain way. And he's living his own different reality during the film. I think you really feel that when you're watching it. And I don't know, that might be just that he's that brilliant, although nothing he did really suggest that he is. Um, like I said, constantly he had to be talked off the ledge by, um, who's the woman in the movie that he shares most of his scenes with? 
Oh, I knew you were going to ask me something and I wasn't going to be ready. I just had it and I kind of closed it. But we talked about her last night as being sort of awesome. Um, Veteran actress who who plays this character that he hooks up with as as, uh, Michael and um, Rob so lovingly said about this particular child killer. He just wants a friend. <laughs> uh, which uh, is, are, we, are we talking about Carol Kane or Colleen Dewhurst? Colleen Dewhurst. He's never yeah, really Dewhurst. appears yeah, yeah, yeah. much with Carol Kane. No, because Carol Kane's at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. And yeah. at the ending, but it, and at it's, the ending, yeah. it's Colleen that he does all his sort of big acting chops with. Yeah. And part of her job on that film was to make him feel better about himself. <laughs> If that makes any sense, which I mm-hmm. find kind of amazing. Anyway, that slippery, goofy, quirky, creepy guy, you know, was a result of as much this dude's just natural screen presence as it was his just actual goofiness and kind of craziness. And that all showed up on screen, which I think is kind of neat. And they were getting so uptight with my characterizations of him that I didn't really get to get that complete thought out. And I said that he was alcoholic, which I don't know that for a fact. I don't think he was super helpful. He was sort of a, you know, he's a British guy in in, um, a lot of crime dramas and stuff, but I don't know that he was drinking all the time. I have no idea about that. He was a big smoker, which is probably what killed him, but but I don't know, you know. So I, I don't mean to characterize him in certain ways. That wasn't nice of me. He's very memorable in When a Stranger Calls. So <laughs> I just, I stand by the fact that if you start the movie by murdering children in their sleep, that it just there's at no point in the, any future where you can tug on my heartstrings. I, I, I get that, that atonement and redemption is a thing, but that's not part of When a Stranger Calls, so I'm not sure... I'm not sure what the boys were after. I just don't relate to the guy on that same level, but I shouldn't be mean to the actor over it. The actor is really memorable and fun. So Tony Beckley, man, you you know, you you had a cool little career. So whatever insecurities or whatever you were suffering at the end, you know, your your buddy brought you in to be a ringer on his first feature film and you really did him proud. So just just a little shout out to him. Sorry for besmirching you in any way. And then you got to go back a couple episodes ago. Uh, but I suggested that uh, Joe Sample actually plays the electric piano on uh, Just the Two of Us by Grover Washington Jr. And it's actually Richard T. And Richard T., it's worth correcting because Richard, I mean, for my money, the the Rhodes piano, it's in a lot of iconic songs to, uh just the way you are, and Babe, and you know a bunch of tunes where it, this touring version of the Rhodes electric piano is specifically the touring version that you're hearing because that that's where you get all that sort of weird back reverb and stuff on the piano that makes it sound like it's kind of you're playing twice the stuff you're actually playing. I think just the two of us are actually the best use of that sound ever. And I think that Richard should be get credit for that because he, he did it. And he was, uh, he's just a great one, great behind the scenes keyboardist and musician whose specialty at that time was getting the most out of that particular inter- instrument. So Richard T hats off to you, man. Just, 
just the two of us mm-hmm. wouldn't, be the, yeah. wouldn't be the same without you for real your and your part for, uh, didn't get cut out of the single edit yeah. <laughs> so it it really is featured prominently on uh <laughs> On those, on the you know, on AM radio back in you know the year that came out, nineteen eighty, mm-hmm. in a way that uh, even Grover's saxophone, sadly, is just barely featured in that version of the song. But whatever. Well, uh, and of course, we regret the errors. Um, but you know, hey, when you um, when you you know you cover as much ground as we do. Well, we make get one man. Of... I I listen back to the shows and I That's hear myself true. just saying, like I say, <laughs> saying the opposite of what I think, just because I used a word wrong, you know, yep. completely saying wrong people, wrong years, wrong names, and I'm thinking of the right person, so I know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. I just don't always talk what I'm talking about in the right, right. way. And that's why I always like to uh, I always like to put the blame on the listener. Because you know what? They should know what's in our heads. They should know what we mean by Stop now. Stop making me nervous, listener. We, we we have been doing this now for four seasons, 36 episodes. Into, we have well over 100 episodes. You guys should know what's in our brains at this point. We but, should be able to yeah. put out uh, an hour and a half of silence and maybe just Ryan and I going, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you guys should know. Because that's the kind of relationship that I think that we have with our listeners. But um, when we sort of besmirch somebody's character, it's worth uh, hitting the rewind on and getting some of the facts sure. straight. So sorry about that, sure. Tony. And right, Tony, Richard, we will give less you... so sorry, but sorry too that Joe Sample's awesome, by the way. But he's more of a straight-up yeah. piano guy than an electric piano guy. We can talk. We'll about give that we'll give Tony Beckley a, uh, a a congratulatory insane laugh. <laughs> There. Um, I think that's appropriate. Uh, all right. Yep. All right. So, um, all right. Before we launch into uh, the the meat, the Halloween meat of our show, uh, <laughs> just because I well, I was calling this Halloween treat bag, and here I am talking about Halloween meat. Why don't people give out raw meat at trick or treating? They got that commercial if you watch football games where where the where Baker Mayfield's giving out nachos to kids, and he's like pumping nacho cheese in their bags. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. Yes, pretty, I, that, that's, that pretty, one. that's a pretty funny bit. And the kids are that like, one's good. Kids who are just <laughs> look at you like you're messed up. Like that's a winner. I that think. is uh that well that would fit right into the trend tracker, which we may be getting to later. Um so uh but real quick um what you've been watching Ryan what you've been watching uh, as we get in, as we're deep into, uh, I saved it. Uh, if you're watching this like years in advance or something, this is the weekend that part one of, uh, Denis Villeneuve's, uh, Dune came out, mm-hmm. which I'm obviously you've heard us talk about Denis at every opportunity that we can. I pretty much love all of his movies to one degree or another big Dune fan, as you could tell, probably from our Dune extravaganza. Or <laughs> the giant our least Dune listened, episode. Our least listened to <laughs> <laughs> science fiction deep dive of all time. Uh, go back and check it out if you haven't. Uh, may, yeah, maybe we're going to see those numbers start to spike now. Maybe. Now that we, maybe we should re-release it. Take a week off and re-release they're that like, episode. They're really talking about that for four hours. I'm like, you know... <laughs> You know, look, uh, 
it's not just we don't just talk about the movie the 84 movie although we structure it around that like it's a deep dive yeah. but we go in to the novel and the miniseries and the differences between the two things and the broader ideas um that are presented and and, and the challenges of presenting them so i actually think that's a pretty cool couple episodes but mm-hmm. okay we not, had fun it's not for everybody i i understand yeah. um it hurts my feelings a lot, but whatever, I understand. <laughs> uh, so that I, I've, you know, it's it's actually been out since Monday in a pretty high quality version. It leaked, as they say. So if you were not intending to go to the theater, you could I could have watched that at any point, and I, I saved it, saved it for a Saturday night. But you didn't, right? You watched it last night. I watched it last night. Yeah, I sat and watched it, and um, yeah, did I you like look, it. Yeah, I look. Uh, I, I did. I did. There was there, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's Denis Villeneuve. It's, it's gorgeous to look at. Not a, not a, there's not a single centimeter of frame that he hasn't filled with something interesting. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's really, really good. I, I got, here's what I'll, here's what I'll say though. For some, I, I, in all of the times that we have talked about it and all of the things, I, you know, I haven't read a whole lot about the new movie because I'm like, well, it's due and I'll see it. I didn't really need to read a whole lot about it. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I, I didn't know that this was just part one. Oh. And so, you know, and, and the title and card it, tells you that, but none of the posters yeah. or trailers have been telling you. Correct. That. And that's what, when I, so when I saw the title card come up last night, I'm like, Part one. Mm. Oh, okay. It's about the first well, five hundred out of eight hundred pages of the novel. Yeah. is the new. Film. It, I mean, it really is. It's. It's. I mean, the where where it ends is exactly where it should end. It's very much in that Lord of the Rings sort of mm-hmm. uh, uh, structure in its in its in in the in the plot arc. You know, we we have you know all of these things have happened, and it's a great roller coaster ride of all of this stuff. And now we're there's a definite shift in where our heroes and what is going on with our with our uh, with our plot. A definite shift is about to happen, and that's where we that's where we end. Um, and without spoiling anything, um, because you'll recognize all the tropes we've seen the messianic hero's journey, and I don't know how many countless yeah. films but herbert's we talked about this in the other show and like i said then we'll move on because we'll talk a lot about this movie i'm sure we'll talk a ton about it after i've seen it i expect to be mm-hmm. bowled over by it at least from a visual storytelling standpoint um yeah. the you know he his story is about a a, a deeply talented like confluence of things that come together in this very admittedly very special person, but that ultimately he's playing at God. He is, he is not. And there are a lot of dangers and a lot of, you know, prophecies are very self fulfilling from the people who believe in them and that, and there's a real danger in that as well. And that that's it. It's, it's a hard journey because this is, Mm -hmm. I think the opening bits of Dune are are easy to tell because we're they're very familiar, they're very very interesting, they're filled with tons of detail, but the film the stories as they go get I don't want to say more complicated, but thematically tougher to stomach because 
you, you know, we all want to believe in a savior to some degree, whatever our actual beliefs are. Uh, when we're getting carried along by a narrative, that's a very easy thing to buy into and you want to buy into it. And what is that? What does that really mean? And is it true? And if it is true, what, you know, what, what's the down, what's the downside of that? And if it's not true or, you know, and then there's all these little degrees in between that Herbert sort of was brave enough to deal with that not many people before or after have been, quite frankly, even even though there have been some great chosen one stories, you know, Harry Potter in particular, I think. Sorry, you just said something that really made me think of something and I can't talk about it until you've seen it, until we talk about the movie. Okay. Um, but I wanted to make a note. That's what I was doing. I was listening to you. I just uh, wanted to make a note. Well, as long as they're listening to me out there in the, yep. wherever you guys are, I can't I feel like I can almost touch your faces, but I can't um yeah no so dude um yeah it's 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 cool uh what else you've been watching anything uh anything fun well i'm gearing up for the big scary movie i may never do this again actually this is beating me down it's beating <laughs> me down we got 20 i on the list we'll see if i get them all in the 23 different scary movies from this last year and this year's season you know we've done this yeah. twice before this will be the third time i want to say um where we do it all in one show and it's too much for me, man. Like we were talking last week about how, how, uh, you know, I mean, Rob asked that fantastic question. So what do you think about horror movies, you know, at the end of our double feature? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a loaded question for this particular group, I thought. And I, I had this super long response. Sorry about that. But I, it's hard because I've given it a lot of thought because it sticks in my craw and it's alienated me from my friends and peers growing up. And I've always... So it stuck with me. Why? Why do I hate these so much? And I don't hate them, but I I hated a bunch of them for a long, long time, and still hate them like a lot. And and they're that's unfortunately the trends in horror films swing, you know, as to w- what the content is, what the kind of popular content is, and we have swung back into. Uh, Rob called it giallo, but it, to me, giallo. It, it fits in only one way in American Western horror films, which is it, it, the, 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 the ridiculous and choreographed spectacular way that you bite the dust is everything. And that is sort of a giallo staple. Giallo also has all this other stuff that we sort of talked about in the show where it, to me, it, it, it's a, it's absurd and it's suggestive and it's, it doesn't, concern itself with making sense in a way that if you tried that with an American audience, I think for the most part, they reject that stuff. The artsier side of the ballet of death, you know, that comes from European Mm -hmm. filmmakers. So we are very literal in our storytelling, especially when it comes to horror. And, and yet we really, really do and fully embrace the preposterous way of dying. The, terrible final destination movies come to mind there's but there's a whole host of them and those kind of wore out their welcome a little while back which i was grateful for and we had this sort of different kind of film for a while there the conjuring universe and stuff like that which while hit or miss is certainly much more up my alley than than that other stuff and we're swinging back we're coming back around man chucky's got his own tv show and it, that's how you know Oof. that's how you know how creatively bankrupt the world has become uh but there's also something sp- 
creepy about how we, how in our entertainment we do like to be bombarded with super explicit violence, but we don't really want to engage it with any of it on a meaningful level. And the films are trying to deliver that sense of comfort and that sense of carnage at the same time. And so when I sit down to watch 23 horror movies, they're, they're not like that. They're all the really dark, artsy, horrible, truly awful stuff. <laughs> because to me, at least that stuff's taking us seriously, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. So we can skip this intro next week where I talk about the philo- philo- philosophy of horror. <laughs> but it uh, watching a whole bunch of those, watching two to three of those a night is a it's a burden on your soul in a way that I'm feeling the effects of here halfway through it. So we'll see. We'll see if you just see a totally strung out and jittery mm-hmm. Ryan next week or what, or maybe maybe I saved some of the fun ones for later. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But I did watch two, since you asked, I did watch two with a friend of mine, films from the early 2000s. We we talked about it. Um, we mentioned a little bit because she asked me what year they took place in. And we were talking about how, like, for 20 years, we've been in this sort of weird fashion neutral kind of existence where things haven't have changed. Technology's changed, you know, amazingly. and But all of Gen Z have sort of come up in this era where like you, you really look at little spots through time and you really can't tell. You listen to the music and it, the synthesizers sound the same. The electric drums sound the same, like the, you know, and, and, and anything organic sounds like it came from the seventies really. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, what we're reliving a lot of stuff and not creating a lot new, but at the same time, in these various art forms, we may have come to a point where there's not a lot new to create necessarily or boundaries to be broken. So we were watching movies from back then, and that seemed like a very pretentious buildup to we watched a film called The Cave, which was the second best uh, cave-related horror movie of 2004 <laughs> and, or 2005, maybe, four or five. And we watched this very cool little, it, I think it's cool, like mainstream horror film called the Mothman prophecies. They're both from around the same time. We'll start with the cave. Cause I really hope that scream factory or somebody will put out a version of the cave. That's complete. But the cave is, it was a rare thing at the time. It came out, made no bones, came out on home video. People rented it, watched it. But I don't, I don't think anyone who even watches it at home, like really gets how accomplished it was. It was an $80 million monster movie. That had tons, it had an entire underwater diving unit with these underwater sets that were filmed in this amazing way by people who make like National Geographic specials and stuff. And it had, it had actors talking with rebreathers in their mouths, which is a pet peeve of mine. You, all you can say with a rebreather in your mouth is, and there's no place to put a microphone in there to even hear that anyway. So it's that's stupid when that happens. If you want, if you're talking, you got to see your mouth move. You got to be in a helmet or something, like in the Abyss from ages ago. That they did that right. Right. Um, if you just see people scuba diving and they're somehow conversing with each other, like you know, not like underwater, but over some radio system or something, it's just not. Yeah. I can't. That's impossible. A perfect example, real quick. Uh, the original Jaws when um, when Hooper. 
uh, turns around and sees the thing, his reaction is, ooh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, because that's what it is. It's a terrible, it's a, it's a Brett Ratner movie after, after uh, something, some generic name after the sunset. It's got like Woody Harrelson and Pierce Brosnan, and it's a heist movie where the whole ending is. The the whole ending of the thing is the, he's they're pretend the guy is pretending to be diving and he's he's somewhere else talking over a radio to these actual divers and all, none of that is possible and anyone who's ever been scuba diving and certainly <laughs> anyone who was scuba diving at the time would know that that can't happen and it's just really really stupid but anywho that aside uh, an experienced group of cave divers who work off the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico are called to Eastern Europe because this massive network of underground, underwater caves have been found. And they want to go spelunking and discover it. And they discover a whole new ecosystem down there. And then the set design is off the hook good. All of the gear and equipment and everything is handled in a very, very real and believable way. It is a cheap B-monster movie, but it's just an A quality in terms of production values and stuff. Monster movie. You know, it doesn't have big stars in it. Lena Headey, Daniel Day Kim, Cole Hauser, people like this. Recognizable people who are... Piper Parabo is really, really good in it. She's in it. Um, but it they, it tracked really poorly before it opened, so they cut it. They cut, did two things. They cut it down to an hour and a half, Joel. We've, we've talked about that. And put it in more. Got to get it multiple viewings And the stuff, that, the stuff they cut out was the investigation of this earlier expedition that had that they discover while they're down there and all of the r-rated stuff to get it down to pg-13 so it's i still think it's good patrick totopoulos designed these these weird cave only creatures you know that are really kind of amazing on screen there's some bruce hunt who's only ever directed this film he was a second unit director i want to say on the matrix films I think Jeff Murphy was too. He's Australian and worked on all the big Australian and New Zealand productions from that era, the Lord of the Rings films and stuff like that. And and he really goes for broke on choosing interesting ways to shoot things. He really lighting these creatures and editing them in a way that makes them still scary and not silly is a challenge. I think he pulls that off. So it's it's a good movie that has a finished with music and everything. It has a finished, you know, but one fifty one ish R rated cut of it out there that Screen Gems is just sitting on. They they basically told everybody involved, well, we're going to edit it down, but then you'll get your cut on home video. Well, home video came out, even though they just had this mm-hmm. sitting there and could have easily included it, they didn't. And because it wasn't a hit and because home video was already starting to wane in terms of blind purchases and that, it's just it's never seen the light of day. It's never even had a high-definition release in America. I have a, a – I think it's South Korean Blu-ray of it. It's very English-friendly, thank you, thankfully, but it, you're not all going to go seek that out to see it. You probably stream right. it in high-definition if you can stream it at all. But it's I, – I lament the law. I mean, it's, it was never going to be great. It was always in that sort of anaconda, like kind of, you know, not as uh, not as pulpy and, and goofy as that. But, but nevertheless, it was always sort of going to be in that realm of what it was going to be. Um, but it, I wish we could see what it was, because what got left is 
good enough to make you feel like it it, it could have been good and it also mm-hmm. but it also feels like geez we're missing something here the two screenwriters do a commentary on the old dvd from screen gems and they they during one of the big centerpiece action sequences in the movie they they just sit there in silence and then when it's over they go one of them like for to help the other one out it's like yeah we just we actually just saw the the r-rated cut of this and it's just we're just kind of taken a bit aback by (laughs) like he's trying to explain what why we why we were enthusiastic up till this point in the movie and why we just sort of stopped talking and now don't care anymore because they're and these are screenwriters. They didn't write this. This is all stuff. It's not yeah. screenwriting, you know, but they, they were proud of it clearly. And they just watched it sort of gutted in front of their eyes. And you're, you're privy to that. Can I tell a quick <laughs> side commentary story too? Well, yes. We but move first on you have to tell me the num- the number one cave movie of that year was, was the descent. The descent, that- correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just which making was, sure I was. Which in- was made for like four million bucks in a studio mm-hmm. in, in Scotland, and it's like way way better in every way. But but the cave put it. It had a big budget and it put it all up on the screen for you. It's like you. That's mm-hmm. that's a neat thing when that happens. Everybody's working at a pretty high level from a design and technical standpoint, and like I say, the actors. Those actors I list uh, listed, they're not. There's a couple of them that are goofing around a little bit, but they, spoiler alert, they exit the movie rather early, and then you're left with this <laughs> rather pretty good ensemble of people who are not there to act stupid. They're not there to wink at yeah. the camera. Cole Hauser's the serious cat. If you've ever watched, you know, like Pitch Black, or he's in a ton of B movies, but he he shows up to work and does a really really good job. He's got a lot of integrity. He's on Yellowstone now, and he's really it's a good fit for that show because he's he's got that seriousness about him. Uh, Lena Headey's the same way. That you know, all these people they're all they're they've all been through the the silly monster movie, horror movie slash weird space movie thing where they got to look at the green screen and react appropriately, and they all do a really good job. And the people who you least expect to are leading guy Eddie Sibrian, I think is his name. And, mm-hmm. and, and Piper, who you're used to seeing in entirely different types of films, uh, also just shine in the end. It, so it makes me go, wow, you guys really showed up to do it that, you know, we talked about when you, you know, I won't bring it, I won't bring up its name again, but we talked about a movie where it really doesn't, and you don't know, maybe they're all trying their hardest. I can't read their minds, but when it feels like you're just messing about. I I, just, ugh, I really mm-hmm. react strongly and negatively to that. This is the op. This as cheesy as it is, the opposite of that. And then, oh, and finally, the commentary story. There's this movie called. Uh, it's called Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> they re they renamed it Sasquatch, but it, what was it called? It was called. Um, I don't know. So I, it kind of ruins the story because it had this very artful, simple name like the Legacy or the you know, the whatever, something that's not it. But, and these guys all sat down to do a commentary for their movie and they're introducing themselves and they're excited to talk about their film, but they don't know. And nobody has told them that their film has been, the name has been changed to Sasquatch. So while we're listening to them talk about their film, that name come goes across the title and it's the same kind of thing. Everybody goes really, really quiet. And after 
what feels like a, a enormously long 10 seconds, one of the guys goes, did that just say Sasquatch? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and after that, for the next hour and a half, the, the life has been sucked out of them. They don't even want to talk about the movie anymore. It's, it's a, it was a hilarious moment. It, the film's called Sasquatch, so it's not hard to find. It's got Lance Hendrickson in it. Cheap, cheap B-movie. Don't watch it, but that that's my favorite movie I, moment, I think, in all of audio commentaries, which I used to listen to a lot, especially back in that era, because they didn't even know. How could they not know they changed the name of their film to something to something they spend the first hour and 10 minutes hiding from you that it's about, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's just devastating to these guys. Uh, what did I say? Mothman prophecies. Yeah. R- Mothman Rich- prophecies. Yeah. Richard Gere's living his best life. He's a, he's a really renowned um, columnist and interviewer for the Washington post. He's married to Deborah Messing and they're going to buy this big house in Maryland and everything's great until suddenly this weird two red eyes come flying out of them at the night while they're driving home and they get into a car accident and you think, oh, the car accident's, um, you know, going to k- kill the his pretty wife and his whole life's going to be turned up. So that's kind of true. It's worse. It's actually meaner than that. The, she recovers from the car accident. The car accident because she has an MRI done on her re- re- reveals that she is dying of a brain tumor. So it's it's so it's 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 harsh. Mothman is yeah. uh, also uh, AKA um, the Tall Man, AKA what's his what's his name? Uh, he's got a proper name that is extremely creeper creepy. Um, uh, Slenderman? No, the the. The Babadook? <laughs> no, no. He's got a proper uh, name. He's got a name with oh. a first and last name. Um uh I know the last name, but I can't remember the first name, which is important. Indrid. Indrid Cold is the name of this dude. That's creepy. And when it's whispered at you yeah. through your phone, it is the creepiest thing you've ever heard. Um it's it's a it's a not a true thing, but it's a it's a really true, very spooky urban legend about this thing that appears to people and sort of it doesn't really do anything to them but it 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 in the film its thing is that it tells the future it makes these prophecies that come true mm. and you become obsessed with them figuring out what they are trying to stop them and you and you can't that's the that's the torture that's the horror that the thing is putting you through and it's really fascinating story. Gear is extremely good in it. Will, Will Patton, who I'm always raving about, is great in it. As a guy who's experienced this thing and is is totally driven mad by it, uh, Laura Linney is great in it. Again, that's a, not a person you expect to see in a movie like this. So it it's I highly recommend it if you let it pass by because it felt like a. There were a handful of films like this back then, Dragonfly, and that weren't very effective. This movie's not a conventional haunting, or it's certainly not a slasher movie or anything like that. It's about obsession, and it's about those sorts of things that cinematically are difficult to sit through because you just, you know, you just want people to get out, get out of the house, go someplace else, right? Joel, yeah. it's like 
do give this up, move on from this. You know, it, it don't keep doing this. <laughs> Please. Alan Bates is great in it. He shows up as a guy who's been messed up by this in the past, destroyed his life with it, but has since found the strength to ignore it. And of course, Al, the late Alan Bates is man, he's just top, yeah. top dollar. So it's a top dollar production with a very incredible sort of finale. And, uh, I highly recommend it. It's another one where, you know, it came out 2004, same studio screen gem. So Sony basically, um, mm -hmm. who made all those great, uh, resident evil and underworld movies that Joel likes so much. <laughs> under, underworld movies. Anyway. Underworld. I do. I, that's my, I do have a soft spot for those crap. You see Kate Beckinsale in an interview this week. She's like, yeah, my, my super high IQ, like hasn't been good for my career or something. She said, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not see I that. I was like, I, for, she's a really smart lady. You can tell that just from talking to her, but was it your IQ that got in the way of you having mm -hmm. a crappy career? Or was it just your sort of pathological need to accept every cheesy crappy Hollywood piece of garbage that came across your table. Cause she's a British actor, you know, she, she could, she could split her time. She could, she could have done some different mm -hmm. things. She There's committed merchant ivory films that she could have probably been a part of. Maybe just ivory mm -hmm. films at this point, but sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe not. She's actually in a couple of those, but it, right. That's true. Know, Early it, on. It, yeah. It really feels like, I mean, I, you you only can take the best of what you're offered, but it really does feel like the big checks and the big projects were all she wanted to do. And she's not really, I mean, the biggest one she's involved in is Pearl Harbor. And you can sort of say that's a sort of prestige historical drama, but it really is the worst ever of its kind. So, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. So... Maybe it's your high IQ that's just affecting the way you look at your career now. I don't or, know. Or was it your, you know, your relationship with, uh, with Len Weissman? Yeah, yeah, that couldn't have helped because she's in all of his yeah. movies. Yep. Pretty much. When, yeah. She's not in the Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard or whatever that one is. But yep. is that the one that he did? Uh, Len Weissman, Live Free or Die Hard. Yep. That it's is not bad. indeed it. It's not bad. I mean, that's not great, but it's not bad. They made a, a, a yet another Die Hard movie after that, which is terrible, which is shameful. Right. At least Live Free or Die Hard, they're they're going for it. Len's trying to make a cool Die Hard movie. He's just not up to it. But yeah. he's trying. Joel, I appreciate yeah. the effort. That's the lesson. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Hey, let's uh, let's move on and, and uh, do our little, um, I'm calling it the Halloween treat bag. Just a bunch of silly, fun stuff. That's right. There is no nothing quite like Halloween. Um, yeah, so we're just gonna. Yep. So we're just gonna do a little. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm calling it the Halloween treat bag. We're just gonna reach into the treat bag and see what we can uh, we can come up with. And uh, uh, first up is um, is actually something that was brought up by uh, by by a couple of our listeners. They kind of wanted to hear a little bit about um, about our personal histories with uh with halloween so we're going to kind of talk about it in terms of the trends of halloween then and the trends of halloween now and in order to do that we got to fire up the trend tracker Woo! Bye, bye, bye. 
my, my, my! Sell, sell, sell! Buy, buy, buy! Sell, sell, sell! Hey, it's oh, fun to hear that it. again. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> eh, always, I'm always gonna forget that that last one is there. You I'm saw how always I gonna forget. Snuck it right in there. My yeah, and it fooled me, fooled me, because I'm like, <laughs> oh, I forgot that. And then, bye, bye, bye. Yeah, I, then, oh, thank I you. I knew okay, when I put sorry. that there that, but I, I couldn't help myself. It's super funny. Yep, it's super funny. Um, so Halloween, uh, when you were growing up, uh, Ryan, like how big was Halloween uh, in in your house? Uh, well, you it's fa family of three boys and a sister who liked to, who was nine years older than me, the next oldest kid, and liked to dress us up even when it wasn't <clears throat> Halloween. So when we were kids, it was a big, big deal. And my brother, um, he's still super into it. He, we lived... Uh, on a farmhouse out in Princeton for most of his twenties and thirties and or thirties and forties. And they had this huge like trail of terror that they did. I want to say mm. they did it as a, uh, like a fundraiser for, um, uh, the, the volunteer fire department. I want to say, don't quote me sure. on that. Um, I only ever visited Princeton's a long ways away when you're a city boy like me, like, Oh, it's just in Princeton. Yeah. If you live in Princeton, it's just in Princeton. It's yep. an hour and change away from here. That's a long ways to go to, to do nothing. <laughs> so I hardly <laughs> ever went up there, but, uh, but I did, you had to experience these things and you go up, my dad, and my cousins are all like working the tickets and stuff. And this kid, like everybody in that area came out for this thing every year. That's, what we did in the interim, but it, the point is Halloween was a big deal in our household, even if it wasn't a big deal for me and it stayed a big deal. It's still a big deal for my brother. Um, my, and my baby brother, he's got a kid who's right at, right at Halloween age. He's yeah, prime. a little, little younger than, than Bennett. Um, so, so it's a, it was a big deal, and we went out, and we had a very fun, very cool neighborhood where we knew almost everybody by name, and yep. so you could really run around, and we were adjacent. We were across the creek from a, another whole huge neighborhood of amazing wonders and surprises where we didn't know everybody, and we could get there on foot, and we could get all this extra candy and stuff. It was really, really fun, and, and virtually everybody participated. Cool. You ever yeah, notice I mean, how yeah. when the people who didn't want you to trick or treat there would like turn all the lights off and stuff, and it's like, you guys, you're just making your place look creepier and more fun. When you <laughs> yeah, that was always the unspoken rule. I, I you, you really should year. put up a sign or something. Like, yeah. yeah, I do remember one year I was trying to go over to my friend Craig's house, and um, and because I knew he was, uh, I you know we were like in high school, so we weren't like trick or treating age or anything. And I I just was I rode my bike over to his house. Um, Cause I knew he was, I very, we could just hang out and watch, watch scary movies or whatever. And he was just home by himself. So he um, had all the lights off cause he didn't, you know, didn't have any candy right. or anything or trick or treat. The, everyone yeah. else was gone. So he was just like, well, I'll turn everything out. But I knew he was home. So I came up and I kept like knocking on the door and ringing the door and he wouldn't come to the door. Cause he just kept assuming that I was some dumb kids trying to get trick or treat, trying to trick or treat. And I'm like, 
And of course, this was in the time before cell phone. So I biked all the way back home, got on the phone and I'm like, Craig, man, why would you let me in? He's like, oh, that was OK. That makes more sense than kids that just wouldn't go away. <laughs> and, I babysat um, our college professor's dog when he was out of town for Halloween and I didn't even wasn't paying attention. I didn't know it was Halloween. Our our friend, still friends with him, Jim, had a and his wife Lindy had a, a border collie named Bo, and it was the sweetest, coolest dog. Border collies are super cool. And I stayed overnight there, over like a, over a Saturday night into a Sunday. Uh, dog sitting, and it was Halloween, and I just it wasn't Halloween on my calendar. So kids started just showing up. <laughs> at their place and if uh, it's this i don't know i don't get into the details of it but it was a house you couldn't hide in if the kids came up to the door it's there's windows everywhere that's where the tv yeah. was i wasn't going to go down and lock myself in the washer and dryer or anything <laughs> you know i just couldn't hide yeah. so uh so i just went rummaging through their cummers and they had like a couple packs of gum which i broke down into just individual sticks of gum and hand it out as long as I could. And yep, had to be the gum house. Yep. I believe it was gum. And I mean, I was whatever I could find, but I just, there were a couple packs of like <laughs> just the most boring stick gum imaginable. Yep. And they didn't even get packs. They got one piece of gum each. If I could have, calcium chews. If I could have gotten away with cutting uh, them yeah. in half, I would have done that too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was busy. It yep. was a busy house during halloween and i just thought didn't even occur to me that people were going to start showing up yeah i would i mean i would say trick-or-treating you know trick-or-treating is is something that is different now than than it was obviously you know parents didn't go with you unless you were really little um and and you didn't have an older sibling that could could you know shepherd you around um but yeah no now it's uh you know it's our, our neighborhood is, uh, you know, we all we all know each other. We're, we're going through another um, sort of a, a re, you know, a, a, a shuffling of, you know, a lot of lot, some people have moved away after their kids have, uh, have grown up and we've got young families moving in. Mm-hmm. Um, our neighborhood is kind of is great for young, you know, people buying their first house in the burbs. Um it's and a so it's one get, of those neighborhoods that's about as old as we are, right? Roughly. Yeah. yeah and, it's pretty and so yeah, it's, it's had it's, this whole generation that's come yeah, through there that are mm-hmm. cycling yeah, out. Yeah, we're and, a mid eighties. Yeah, it's a mid eighties neighborhood. And and um and so yeah, so you know, we we get that and that's great, but we don't have sidewalks, so people have to walk on the street proper um in order to go from house to house, or obviously they, you know, if they're able to cut through uh, you know, if there's yards and stuff, but um uh, you know, you, so, so, you know, you never know what you're going to walk, walk through when you're walking through people's yards too. So a lot of kids will come up driveways back down to the street, up driveways and down the street. Um, and yeah, so trick-or-treating is different. Um, you know, I, uh, but it's still, you know, again, we have a unique kid that uh, our kid is not into sweets, so he doesn't really care about the candy. He's more about he wants to like just say hi to everybody and and then check and see how if they have dogs or cats how they're doing, and so which is you know which is also super fun all oh, the yeah. time too keeps it keeps um, it it keeps your group nice and tight which is nice. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever have the uh, like the big like the like you had to get your your candy scanned or go through it to make sure that there weren't any needles or anything in there. 
No, we were told to look out for that stuff, but we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that, that kind of all started to happen when, when we were, when we were kids. Um, And uh, you know, and then it became like, bring your candy to the police station and they'll run it through the metal detector. (laughs) And uh, yeah, never, never had, yeah, never had to get um, Uh, police stations and fire stations like during the Halloween season are pretty much the coolest places that there are. You know, I, they they show up, they're the ones who show up to the hospitals and stuff. And they're the ones who do Mm -hmm. all that stuff. I I think that's kind of neat. The, um, but yeah, things have changed. I don't have a kid to experience those things with, so I don't really know really how they've changed. But it is the idea of the kids just running around like crazy through the neighborhood by themselves at, you know, at 11 or, you know, whatever years old, like seems sort of nine years old, seems kind of yeah. unthinkable now. But that's what yeah, it was it, like. It was it was utter chaos. You know, they patted you on the butt, sent you out the door, and you just went everywhere. Yeah, said, you know, come back here. You know, it was more, yeah, like be in by nine. And um, and that was like, okay, well. But even then, I'd go trick-or-treating. I didn't like getting dressed up. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't really Yeah, like I was never, I mean. I didn't I, hate I was, it. I did it, but I didn't yeah. love it. Yeah, it. you know, I never, yeah, I never went nuts with it. Um, And, you know, and I certainly, I dress up more now than I did when, you know, when I was younger, because I have a kid and Ben kind of, we make it a big family thing. Sure. Uh, And, um, but yeah, I mean, I I would also say, I don't remember Halloween being such a huge, like such a huge, big business as, as it is now. You know where you know you can you can go crazy with decorations. You can go almost like it's almost you know feels like it's almost in terms of decorations, like decorating your yard and your house and stuff. It's you know it's on par almost with with Christmas. Um, so I, I don't remember that as being. Um, no, uh, if you came to so a house that was decorated, it was a special place indeed. It, it certainly yeah. happened, but it was the exception to the rule, not the rule. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people made a pumpkin, they set it out on the porch or whatever, but that eh, was pretty much it. Yeah, maybe maybe some things taped up in the windows. You know, some spooky heads or something. Right. Um, did you have a favorite Halloween candy? Not really. I know. I knew this question was coming, and I. I couldn't think of anything, you know, and it, because when I think about it, my favorites were just this, those little mini bars, you know, the, the sort of standard Milky Ways and Snickers and Three Musketeers, mm-hmm. and any of those in those little mini sizes, like to me, that was candy. I, I didn't like getting Smarties and I didn't like getting sweet and sour stuff or, or you know, wrapped candy or whatever. I had braces and bad teeth so i didn't like getting uh gum <laughs> although i admit you know all the candy starts to look good when you eat the candy you like like the candy you have left is sort of your favorite candy so when the when all i had was you know six rolls of smarties like i can take them out and put them in order mm-hmm. like they're m&ms like i'd get excited about that too and i think uh, for some reason i think um uh Peanut butter cups. To me, that's the. To me, that's like t- that tastes like Halloween to me. Like I don't really even eat those during other types yeah. of years. Like I can eat a Kit Kat whenever, but peanut butter cups are. Some about peanut butter cups. Some yeah. about them, they're super Halloweeny to <laughs> yeah. me. But that's 
That's from a pretty lame era where it was really the stuff you had to choose from were pretty simple and yeah. Well, you know, that is, uh, you know, I will say that is the uh, the number one um, Halloween candy. Is according it? to candy candy store dot com is Reese's Woo! Cups. Yeah. What do I win? Um, uh, my undying um, uh, gratitude and uh, admiration for you. Mm. That's what you win. Mm. Um, now, I, I always, you know, I, I, hey, I loved, you know, I loved getting Snickers. I love I loved getting a three Musketeers. Boy, if there was a three Musketeers in there. Uh, that was great. But the big things for me was if I could get a hundred grand bar. Ugh, those are rare right. and wonderful oh, thing. I would agree. Yes. That is a, that, that house would instantly become my favorite. <laughs> and, um, and um, um, Heath, if there was a Heath bar, if I got some mm. English toffee, you know, topping. I like the Heath bars, the taste of them, but again, bad teeth. Yeah. So if, if those, if those guys, you know, if that popped up on the, uh, on the thing also, I did also, you know, I will always love dots. Dots are, you know, that's like, it, you know, if I, if, you know, gun to my head, I had to choose a candy that I had to live with forever. It might be. <laughs> did dots. you ever see that Siskel and Ebert had that long running thing where, cause dots were Siskel's movie thing of choice. And Ebert insisted that she couldn't tell the difference between the different colored dots. So they did a, <laughs> they did a, uh, they blindfolded Gene and, and he just fed them the different dots and he correctly identified all of them. They even did this <laughs> thing where they combined two different d- colored dots into one. And he's like this, and he knew what it was. Like he's, he, he was a dot connoisseur. I thought that segment was so funny. That I never saw that. I, I'm I sure it's out that. there somewhere. I'm sure it's check out it there. Out. I the gotta dot, go find that one. Dot taste test. I do that because was I'm with thing. Ebert. I'm like, what? Are, what's the point of these? These suck. Well, when they don't we, really you know, taste like anything. I mean, they don't taste bad, but they, it's you know. So I think it was the year. It, it was one of the years that I was reviewing movies uh, for the paper in college, and you were not. Uh, um so i don't remember which one it was but uh but i, well, you know, I, I was going i succeeded you didn't i or was there somebody yeah i think us? that's what no i think i think you took over yeah i think you succeeded me so it was before that but um so i would go to like the safari movie theater up in uh up in moorhead mm-hmm. and um like they knew that they always knew that i was going to come to whatever that five o'clock showing of whatever the latest feature the was great one to go to when you're so doing could, reviews and stuff i agree yeah so then i could get it written and get into the, the next yep. issue and they would have a cherry coke and a box of dots just sitting there waiting for me so i could just come right in grab them and go and it was it was i it was like the it's one of the few times in my life i've ever been a regular somewhere where they're like hey you want the you want the regular joel and i'm like yes please and they'll just here you go cherry <laughs> coke and some dots try not to make your and, chair squeak it's impossible yep. <laughs> in that theater. <laughs> um, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Halloween candy. Yeah, ha- Halloween candy. Reese's Cups is number one, uh, followed Ooh. by Skittles. I like Skittles. Yeah, uh, followed by M&M's. Yeah. Um, Starburst. Starburst actually uh, in, like Star- in a lot of... Starburst bad for my teeth, but I, they're tasty. Yeah. Starburst, apparent, uh, according to this candystore.com, incredibly popular... It's either really, really popular or it's not popular Love at all. Love it or hate it. And that's and that's kind of why it sits in the middle of this list is because it's either like one or two or it's like 10 or not on the list. So mm-hmm. that's how it gets there. Uh, hot tamales. Um, is, uh, is that? One, two, three, four, five. So is, is five. Blech. Sour Patch Kids, very popular. Blech. 
this one gets me. Hershey's Kisses. I've yeah, Hershey's Kisses and me. I've never. I've never. I mean, it's just chocolate. It's not bad, but yeah. I, I agree with you. There, it's kind but of dull. A, but a cumbersome delivery process. Indeed. Having to, come on, come, come on. God, yeah, um, no. Uh, Snickers, um, Tootsie Pops, and candy corn. Tootsie Pops. Oh, Tootsie Pops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. How many looks yes, it? Yes. Oh, well, that's funny that you said because Minnesota, where we are. Tootsie Rolls. Any of the Tootsie family of treats, I'm a big fan of for yep. sure. So. Uh, Minnesota, the number one candy for 2021 in Minnesota is the Tootsie Pop. That is, uh, yeah, uh, it dethroned Skittles. One, two, two three. A three. Three, three. Uh, that yeah. So that is um, yeah. You know what? So here's you know what I how I What's feel about Halloween. What's your favorite color of Tootsie Pop? Uh, red. I'm red, orange. But I oh, like. I do like yeah, orange is good too. Yeah. Um, you know how you know uh you know what my overall projection on Halloween is. Hmm. Bye bye bye. Yeah. You're buying on Halloween. I'm I'm buying on Halloween. We're doing three Halloween specials in a row, so the movie show with Joe Ryan are pro Halloween, even if I'm not. You know, I used when I was a slightly some older would call kid, that some would call that a bull a bull market of Halloween. When I was a kid, I tried to find the sweet <laughs> spot in between getting a bunch of candy that I could eat because we didn't keep a lot of candy around the house. We didn't even have like cool cereal with like marshmallows and stuff in them. We had to eat. Just like if we got like King Vitamin, like that was tasty, I guess. It's pretty lame. <laughs> so we were one of those houses, you know, no Kool-Aid, no just mm-hmm. no treats anywhere, no junk food really. Um, so I try to get candy for that purpose and then get home in time enough that I could hand candy out and sort of experience it that way. Cause I, I did enjoy it. I like anything where you know, if just one day you just do everything different, like that's fun to me. It's hard. That's hard to resist, like no matter the pageantry involved, you know. And mm-hmm. I really loved when I could go out at, you know, right when the sun was going down at six, trick or treat till eight, get home and watch uh, Monday night football and then hand out treats. That happened once every four years or so. And. Mm-hmm bliss that was awesome and then you get to yeah. see all the you get to see uh all the people dressed up at the giants game or whatever like i used to dig that <laughs> yeah. and it was it was like perfect because yeah. i was mixing this live event with this real-time thing going right on right mm-hmm. outside your door and i i thought that that was neat. yeah it's uh you know i will say it's also really you know uh, halloween now because the parents are uh, escort the kids around um, the last the last few years we've done we you know we've been one of those houses where we'll just kind of put a put a fire pit in the driveway and and you know have a fire going and we'll sit outside all bundled and the, up and the, we'll just have the, kids, the candy. The kids out there. have to cleanse themselves with fire before they. Yeah, they have to. Food. They have to cross. They have to cross uh, a Rubicon of fire <laughs> in order to get to uh, the the candy and and if they don't make it, then they go to see Sam Hain. No, but like, and we'll we'll even bring out we 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 won this uh, like seven foot Jack Skellington animatronic oh, yeah. thing, yeah. So he you know he talks. So we'll bring him outside and set him up so he'll be he'll talk to the kids and laugh. And it just gives us a chance to also connect and and see the other parents in the neighborhood and just be like, yep, we're all still here. Yep, good to see you. 
um, which I have a feeling there'll be a lot of that um, uh, uh, this year since trick or treating last year, you know, didn't happen. Mm, um, right. So, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Doctor Fauci uh, says it's okay to trick or treat this year, kids. There you go. Um, and and I think you probably could put to get put yourself together a nice Anthony Fauci Halloween costume pretty pretty easily probably. Um, see, I would never do that because I couldn't <laughs> handle all the Twitter insults that I would get. <laughs> uh, yep, uh, I will. You know, little uh, spoiler. My, my fragile uh, this, ego can't take it. Can't take it. This year we have a Food Network themed Halloween um, coming our <laughs> way with. Uh, our son has determined what what Jennifer and I are dressing up as and what he's going to be. So we'll we'll see what we end up. Me and three, like. my brother and two of my friends went as Kiss for one Halloween. You know, we it mm-hmm. was like Halloween in 1984 or whatever. So it was it was Animalize era Kiss, but we of course went out as you know roughly Destroyer era Kiss because that that's what you go. Were with you? Halloween yeah. As. Were you? Were you Star Child? I was. No, I wasn't. I was a space guy. I was was Ace Freely. I was the stunt guitar player. (laughs) Um, Which is the worst makeup to have to do, by the way. That was a mistake. A star, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I should have did. But I I like the stunt guitar players. Those were my heroes when I was into hard rock, obviously. Because it wasn't Mm going to be like lead singers or whatever. Um... So yeah, so I did that, and and we I remember we all came up to this nice old lady's house, and she didn't know who Kiss was, so she <laughs> she's trying to guess what we <laughs> what we were. She was, she was never gonna guess. She was never gonna guess. Oh, your seventies era, you know, um, glam rock <laughs> band Kiss. She she just wasn't gonna get there. So we. We eventually, my friend Charlie, smart, he just was like, yes, finally. He's like, yeah, we're goblins. You figured it out. You know, you just have to make a stop. <laughs> we're, yes, we're goblins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. you nailed it. Don't let Good the cardboard guitarist fool you. We are actually goblins. <laughs> we are we are wandering minstrel goblins. <laughs> so that's, that's a funny, oh, funny memory I'd forgotten that about. One. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so that's our little trip down memory lane for Halloween. Uh, you know, I, I think what um, it would be fun now to get back into the sort of the creepiness and to get back into the movie part of the movie show with uh, with Joel and Ryan. Um, how about what would you say, Ryan? What if we ranked, or what if we? To, yeah, what do we what have we looked at and, and and ranked some creepy movie kids? Yeah. Let's creepy kids creepy... creep me out, man. Yeah. My old roommate, uh, she hated creepy kids movies. She'd like about third of the way through, she'd be like, wait, is this a creepy kid movie? I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Well, let's um, find out. You know, yeah, of course, I guess. Of course the answer was always if it's time to ask that question, the answer to that question is yes, it is a mm-hmm. creepy kid movie. Um, all right. Creepy kid number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you might I don't know if you need a piece of paper or 
Uh, I mean, I could, I, I guess I could, um, I could share my screen or you were starting with top this. creepy kid. You should count it down. Like we do. No, I, well, I was just gonna, no, we were going to, I thought we were going to rank them live. No, no, sure. But, oh, oh, I get uh, it. You just have the, so you're going to give them to us randomly. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to. Yeah. Too I, late well, for a piece of paper, man. You should have warned me. Okay. Uh, well, I'll do All my right, best. Well, let's, without... talk, let's talk about these creepy kids and then, um, and then, and then we'll, we'll, then we'll come the back at the, end. at the end, and then we'll so that, we'll go. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. It'll okay, be obvious number, who the top ones are, and I think who the worst yep. ones are. So yep. we'll okay. see. Okay, our uh, the first creepy kid of this list uh, to for, in in contention. Our first our first contestant. Uh, <laughs> she she comes to us from the world of video, and it's a video that if you watch it seven days later, you're dead. It's Samara from the ring. That that little girl. Not a traditional creepy kid, you know, in the in the in the in the you know, not in the traditional sense, because mm -hmm. Samara is a curse and she's stalking sure. you the whole time, even when you don't see her. And she's really, really scary. I mean, it, it takes all kinds. We talked about how what's scary and what isn't is subjective. Our buddy Michael did a, just did an online review of um, uh, American Werewolf in London, which he didn't really like. He thought it was stupid. And But that's a beloved movie by many. And, and the thing that people tend to quote about it when they say they like it is that it is, it's both funny and scary, which is a tough thing to pull off as we found out mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. It really is hard. That balancing act is really tough. I, I, parts of it are very funny. Griffin Dunn in particular is funny. Um, and there are parts of it that are scary, but I, I'm kind of with Michael. I think it's, it's legend far outweighs its actual accomplishments, but Samara, you know, some people just giggle at how stupid it is, but geez, man, in the in the original Ringu and the first American remake of the Ring by uh, or Ring by uh, um, Gore Verbinski, I mean, t she is terrifying. She's really scary to me. Okay, so that's that's number one. But uh, but I just want to say, not. And my, on my list, not technically a creepy kid. She would not okay. show up on a list of mine of creepy kids. She but. might, yeah. She might. She might not qualify. She might be disqualified. Uh, so just be warned. Yep. We'll see what and else we got. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number uh, our next contestant um, comes to us. Uh, this is a movie I have only seen one time, many many years ago. Uh, but as I was researching this, uh, it came up. But it is. Uh, Rhoda Pemmark from The Bad Seed. Oh, well, the original creepy kid. The original really. creepy kid, yeah. Yeah, so... Very um, creepy. So, creepy with a capital C kid. Definitely in yeah. The Bad Seed. Um, that's a really good one. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a million years. But the this, I think the significance of Rhoda is that the original creepy kid, truly. that Of which all other creepy kids are kind of measured, so... Yeah, yeah, this is the, you know, yeah... Bad Seed was what? It's old too, 63 ish? 60, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Was, that's, uh, yeah, I was going to say 65, but off the top of my head, I don't remember. It's, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a forward thinking movie. You know, it's, it's much oft imitated for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a good one. Um, all right. Uh, Bad Child next contestant is. 
Isaac from Children of the Corn, our, our leader, our, the, the, the creepy kid who, who uh, actually technically not played, or you know, not a kid, it was played by an adult. Um, but which kind of ruined it if you ask me because mm-hmm. the beauty of the creepy kid is it's it's sorry to kids everywhere don't get me wrong when i say this but a kid on a film that doesn't talk much is sort of like a monkey in a film <laughs> you sort of <laughs> you know you sort of project meaning into what's going on behind its eyes and stuff <laughs> that you want. And I feel like children of the corn, this one wouldn't land high because it is, you can do the adult playing a kid thing. You can, there's things you can do, but I, children of the corn, not a, I mean, it's a great idea. I feel like it's not a very good movie though. And, and this is one of the reasons why it doesn't suit. Okay. Work. All right. Um, all right. Real, real quick. It was a bad seed was 56. So it was even earlier than, wow. than we thought. Wow, yeah. that's even earlier than I thought. Holy smokes. Yep. That's a creepy um, kid, oh, man, for real. That is, yep, creepy Just kid. a really um, bad person, <laughs> except mm-hmm. it's a kid. It's, uh, creepy. Uh, yep, good old Rhoda. Uh, and um, all right, so let's stay in Children of the Corn, though, and let's take a look at uh, the kid that uh, that I found a little bit creepy, that, that I found actually creepier, and that's Malachi. Sure. Malachi is creepier, but I've I've said all I Again, need to say uh, that I have right. that is then, generous toward children of the corn. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Next up. Next up, we have from the movie, from sort of a, a, a take on the Superman story. But this is if Superman grew up and used his powers for evil. It's Brandon from Brightburn. <laughs> I've never seen Brightburn. Oh, you've never seen Brightburn? Have you? Kind of, yeah, kind of fun. Is it good? I, I dug it. Yeah, I dug it. Um, it didn't sound uh, like right, something. Well, it didn't sound like something I would like. Um, although I w- so we were interested in it, it was in a preview show of ours. But mm-hmm. the more I saw of it, the more I was like, er, "This is you're not going to like this." Um, but you thought it was okay. You say fun? Is that really what it is? Fun? Well, I mean, for what it is, it's you know, it's it it's it's taking that whole it's taking the superman story the child that comes from another you know that that comes in is raised by a family with no children and then um then the kid just starts to you know it's like almost like as he's going through you know as he's getting older here his powers are becoming a little bit harder to control and he you know he's uh, has all the test your all the uh the hormones and everything running through him so if he gets mad he just lashes out. <laughs> Next thing you know, people uh, people die. Um, doesn't, so, sound, um, doesn't sound quote fun to me, so I skipped it. Yeah, fun. I mean, I just mean fun in, in, no, the, but in the idea. And I, sure, you know, the movie itself is not like, oh, this is a good time. It's uh, <laughs> no, but it. I get what you're saying. A film like that has to be fun on some level, honestly. And it, when, yeah, I saw you know uh, a similar movie is uh, it's found footage, but Chronicle which is sure. a very clever take on the, you know, superpowers corrupting, you know, which is, a, yeah. a, 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 that is handled in a psychologically more believable kind of way. Uh, Brightburn felt like a bit of a stunt to me, so I didn't watch it. But if you're t- saying right. I should, I will. What do you think? Uh, Have I, I made I, you gun yeah. shy after last week or? It's not one I should have skipped. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, you know, you, me and my track record of recommending movies is not is not the best. But Just I mean, one, I think that you've only been required to recommend the one. 
most movies you recommend <laughs> to me are pretty good. Um, um, uh, here's okay. Let's 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 move on and get some more creepy kids here. All right. Um, all right. How about? Um, it's a stretch to say a teenager is even a kid in the creepy kid sort of thing too, which is sure. And he's but he but kid in Brightburn is like he's like preteen. He's like right there. He's uh, he's it's very that's why I didn't include. That's why like Chronicle wouldn't be involved. I I seem to remember wanting to kill my fair share of people at that point as well. Sure, sure. Um, All right, here we go. Next up, uh, next up comes from uh, uh, the what a twist category or part of the the what a twist section of Philadelphia, (laughs) and that is Cole Sear in The Sixth Sense. Yeah, he's not a creepy kid. Okay, some people find him creepy. Some people find a kid that's like, I see dead people, and mommy, he wants you to do this for him and not in the least like, bit creepy to me I mean, it's a creepy it's a creepy story and he's a kid in it but his his confession you know <laughs> that's it's mm-hmm. an incredible scene he's it's he's a his 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 refusing to lie to his mom even when telling her he did something would be easier is heartbreaking yeah you know the only time he's even slightly creepy is when he's playing with those little military guys and even then that's just <laughs> not so I I disqualify him. He's the okay. He's he's not the main character of the story, but I don't find him to be That's a creepy fair. kid. I don't think the movie ever has the take that he's the threat or that he's going to cause you any problems. And fair. I've never felt that once throughout. So, um, all right, let's. He's take a little. A look he's a little at... creepy. He's a weird, haunted kid, but that haunted. That's what he is. He's haunted. Yeah, he's he's a kid who is dealing with stuff that he has no possible way. He to doesn't understand. deserve to be on the list with Rhoda from the bad seed. That's for sure. Okay. Um, how about, uh, we take a look at now the, this is okay. This is a tricky. These next couple might be tricky. I want to, let's get your take on it. Right. How about Reagan McNeil in the exorcist? Well, at least she's sort of creepy. She kills a dude with her bare hands. <laughs> it's true. That's she does. pretty intense. She, you know, but she's a it's hard to say because we see her whole at the beginning of the film like we know mm-hmm. that it ain't her the the movie plays fair with us in that way so so i don't know that's a good i mean that's a good one it's a creepy kid performance you know it's there's so much that's great about the exorcist and yet the stuff that really disturbed people this little this innocent little girl saying this abhorrent language and stuff and puking and like that stuff to me is the least the creepy kid part is the least creepy part of the exorcist. I yeah. find the buildup really, really terrifying. I find the, I find the, the, the experiments and the medical unfeeling medical stuff that they put her through to be the, one of the most terrifying things in all of film. And the toll that that takes on her and on her mother is just incredibly harsh. And of course I find the, the reaction that, her that her possession inspires in these learned religious guys one who doesn't believe in any of this and the other who believes it to his core and is still rattled by it like i find that all works i find that i find the creepy kid part of it like the least interesting part of it i have to say i find her just like i can't even repeat any of this stuff that she says but i think that's what sent 
the, huh, I think that's what sent the audiences of that day all a flutter was this cute girl that they've mm. demonstrated to you as this nice cute girl. Like to me, it's that middle section where she doesn't know what's happening to her and she's breaking down and crying. That that part is horrible. Once she's a full on pea soup spitting demon, I'm kind of like, I'm still into the movie because it's a good movie, but I'm less less affected it's, by it. So it's let okay. It's um, legit. It's legit. Yeah. But. But it, it to about, me, it's the least powerful part of that incredible film. Okay. How about um, another another classic one? Um, uh, I do it for you. Everything I do, I do it for you. Damien from uh, The Omen. <laughs> I think you're mixing things so just a little bit there. <laughs> it's all for you is the quote, by the way. Yeah, it's all for, it's all for you, Not Damien. everything I do, I do it for I know. You. I, wanted to, I wanted to combine... Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Omens. <laughs> Don't you remember when Brian? Listen, when next time you watch the Omen, listen when they're singing the birthday song. It Lee Remick and and uh, Gregory Peck are like up in the mix because they're the ones in frame. But mm-hmm. all the kid, all these street urchin kids that they got for this upscale scene are all like happy birthday <laughs> it's one of the most funniest things i've ever heard um so when you go back and watch the birthday scene in the omen listen to all the kids they are not posh upper class kids that were extras <laughs> in that scene i can assure you um based on their rendering of the happy birthday song uh damien yeah, tops, right? Because he's just this cute, chubby kid who just stares at you. He hardly ever talks. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't even do anything or hurt anybody in the movie, and yet it's creep, 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 Ola every second he's on screen. All time creepiest movie smile ever in the final shot of it. That was achieved by, um, well, it's a couple stories we'll say, tell about Damien. Maybe we'll do an Omen deep dive someday, so I don't want to ruin all the best ones. But a couple ones we'll talk about uh, Harvey Stevens, who played Damien. One, they were thinking of changing Damien to a girl because the little boys that they had auditioning, hundreds of them, all sucked. And they needed to find, like, typically when you're struggling like that, when you turn to girls, you get the opposite. You get 100 girls that are all pretty good and any one mm-hmm. of which could work. The I don't know that the story works. The daughter of Satan, uh, you know, but they were literally they were having such a hard time. They were literally considering that idea, and then Harvey came in, and he's just what he is in the movie for the most part. He's just he's just this cute, clueless <laughs> little kid. He was a little blonde kid, and he came in, and and Richard Donner. Part of the casting process was he would be like, "All right, uh, attack me, come at me, or whatever." Because he's got a couple of scenes where he's got to freak out and do that. Most famously, the one where they're pulling up in the limo to the to the church, and he just attacks Lee Remick out of fear and panic. And apparently, Harvey just was pulling his hair and kicked him in the nuts and just really attacked him. <laughs> so even though he, so it was this idea that well, here's this cute kid, and he really is pretty cute. Like we're gonna have to that that's going to work against us to a way, but that can work for us too. And if uh-huh. he's willing to freak out, panic attack on command, just like this, then he's our kid. So he basically said, uh, dye his hair black and just have him show up on Monday essentially. And that, then they had their kid and that, 
that creepy, slow smile at the end while he's holding the president's hand at his father's funeral at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert for... Sorry, Rob. Spoiler alert for the omen. And he just kind of turns around. He looks right in the camera. Just like Superman looks right in the camera at the end of Superman and Doc mm-hmm. Dick's next movie. He looks right in the camera and he just slowly smiles at us. I don't know how long it takes. Half a minute, maybe? A long time. Yeah. And that was achieved by by Donner operating and sitting right behind camera going, don't you smile. If you smile, I'm not going to be your friend. You better not (laughs) smile. And of course, he couldn't help but smile. Yeah, it makes... Very slowly and reluctantly appeared on his face. (laughs) Because he's told, don't smile. And then then Dick just keep telling him that. It's a very nifty piece of kid direction that I really, really like. Um, I don't know who else you have on this list, but Damien, Damien, Damien. It's going to be be tough to beat. Top, 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 top notch. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, you got to be kidding me. No one asked for you, Siri. I hope that didn't come up on Yes, Siri, shut the hell up. Unless you got something to contribute to the creepy kid discussion. Correct. Um, All right, how about uh, let's go to um carol ann in the in the poltergeist in poltergeist pretty creepy kid but not really very creepy okay um i mean it's the same problem as sixth sense she's the victim i mean and it's obvious that she's the victim she's not making any of this happen she's it's not even her fault that it's happening all right they're here is creepy but is it creepy because she's creepy no it isn't it's creepy some because would, what the hell is she talking about? That's scary. Some people would say, here's, a, a, I think you could make an argument. I, I do find, when, you know, when she says they're here, because she sort of says that there's a little bit of a twinkle in her eye. Yeah, but that, they're here. that's it. Otherwise, you know, it's like, mommy, uh, mommy. Yeah. Well, it's it's um, like mommy. It's just whiny, irritating voiceover crap. There is the creepy scene where she's getting sort of abducted by her closet, but even that, she's not creepy in that. She's not really mm-hmm. creepy in that movie, and she's not even really creepy in the sequels. So it's one moment where she turns around and gives that iconic line, and it's a creepy moment, but that ain't a creepy kid, however creepy she says it. Okay. Although she does think they're her friends at that point, and that is creepy. That is creepy. But not because of her. Um, okay. Uh, all it's right. that, it's that innocence up. that where you're like, we all know. We know what movie we came to see. So we know mm-hmm. that that ain't good. But not a creepy kid, not by any stretch. We just talked right, about the up. Antichrist, so you can't say, oh, little blonde girl. It's true. Little blonde girl. It's, well, not impressed. Yeah. Uh, how about... Um, and, and I, I have not seen the remake, um, and I probably never will, but, um, I sure thought that Gage in Pet Cemetery was a very creepy kid. Very creepy. I mean, Gage post bear, Pet Cemetery burial is extremely yeah. creepy. Yeah. It's, it's the one thing in that film that despite how off the rails it goes at times, uh, I don't, there are lots of creepy things in the movie, but she's the one thing at the end. And Michael said it's a bad performance, but in kind of a great way. She's the consistent peg through which you can come back to in the movie time and time again. And it's it's there every time. She's yeah. not bouncing off the walls, you know, like a soap opera actor trying to sell the reality, all this stuff. She's just being a creepy kid. And I think she's pretty creepy. Creepy lines. Creepy. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Her actions um, are horrific. I mean, it's everything you want from a movie. So I'm not a big Pet Cemetery fan either, but I can't deny it. Can't deny it. 
Yep, you and that's bury, not a Pet Cemetery's better than Poltergeist before you start sending your letters in or whatever. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Saying. I'm saying, as far as creepy it's, kids go, she brings the creep for sure. Yeah, we are very much in just we're very hyper focused on kids and their creepiness. That's right. Cannot cannot stress that enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, now the final, the my final, uh, our final contestants um, come as a duo. They work together exclusively for all time. That is the Grady twins in The Shining. Well, they kind of have an unfair advantage, don't they? Since they're ghosts, right? They're extremely creepy. Yeah. They're extremely creepy. And it turns out that the the further lore of The Shining turns out that makes them sort of evil. I think in Kubrick's film, those girls aren't. They're just ghosts that are trapped in this place that are happy to have someone new to play with. You really do sure. get that, and of course that that lack of creepiness makes them creepy in the book and in the movie. It's it's the chanting and the fact that they. I still, I'm Join pretty us, sure Danny. they're not twins. I feel like when we're told the story of them, they're given different ages by the manager of the hotel. Sure, they're not they're even dressed, sisters. I, the actresses they do resemble right. each other quite a bit, and they also have extreme British accents. For uh, for little girls that right. were killed in Colorado, but mm-hmm. none of the, all this, this is a big trip. That was a it's kind of weird. Family, you can pick it all apart, but it all when they show up at the end of that hallway, it all comes together for sort of maximum creepiness. Mm-hmm. It's yep, definitely it super creepy. You know, if we want to go back to Six Sense, the the girl who was poisoned by her mom. Spoiler alert: sure. Six Sense. Yeah, that no, that's a good is creepy. Because it ain't even really, it, it, it isn't even trying to really harm anybody. It's trying to get the word out. And there's a there's this sad, terrible desperation in that. And then when we see her as a living, breathing thing in these home videos, mm-hmm. you know, it, it brings home what a sweet soul this person actually was. In a really powerful way. So there's a creepy kid for you. If the, certainly if the Grady... Grady twins count, then the then that girl should count too. So I'm well, and she's a late addition. Let's put her on there. Well, I there think we they're go. both. I think they're both disqualified as being spirits from the astral plane and not actually kids. Um, because, but I you know, don't know. Mega creepy man for sure. Is that the last um, one? Do I have to pick? That a was winner? okay. So now, okay, so we have, we, we, let's go, we have, of our choices, we have, um, we can, uh, we, I can remember, okay, so, so are we getting, we're getting rid of the, 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 the twin girls, or I'm mostly eliminating all these, I mean, one of them's not a kid, one of them's undead, two of them are ghosts, uh, one of them's an angry spirit that crawls out of your TV, like, you know, here's uh, what we're left with, here's what we're left with, we're left (laughs) with, uh, Reagan from The Exorcist, Rhoda from the Bad Seed, Gage from Pet Cemetery, and uh, well, Gage and technically Jamie isn't from the really alien. alive any either. She's sort of reincarnated. Well, you know, that I still I still call that a creepy kid. That's creepy. It is yeah, creepy. That's yeah. yeah, it is creepy. Okay, Gage stays. So I still think Damien's the creepiest kid that there is. I think it's his name, everything about him, and it's because most of the time he's not even being creepy. Mm-hmm. He's just a, he's just a kid. But all this evil stuff happens around him, which 
increases his creepy factor tenfold every time something happens, and I always dig that. Um, so I would give him number one. I would say Rhoda from the Bad Seed, probably number two, because original creepy kid who's really just a bad kid, like just really a bad person, you know, like like Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son. Just awful and has to be destroyed. Brightburn, too, I suppose, to a certain degree. But, eh. yeah. um, and then after that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe, maybe Reagan, Reagan. Although I feel like Reagan as a character, if she goes on this list, she's kind of at the top of the list. I just don't find her creepy. I find her abrasive and offensive when she's taken over by a demon. Well, uh, she could be the num. She could be number one on the abrasive and offensive uh, kid list when we do that. Yeah. She'd be so. she'd be tenth or eleventh after all the kids, uh, the bad news bears. <laughs> okay, all those um, and then, all those mean spirited racist little kids that we love so much from the bad news bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let me let me see if I got this right, and I'm gonna use these sounders because I made them and I really like them. <laughs> um, uh, number so of our of our four here we have uh, next up we are number four is Gage from Pet Cemetery. That's creepy. Why would she say that? Number three is Reagan from The Exorcist. That's creepy. No, creepy. and number two is uh, Rhoda from The Bad Seed. That creepy kid with the lisp? No, I said Rhoda from The Bad Seed. Mm-hmm. And number one is the classic, maybe the greatest of all time. Damien Thorne. Damien, Damien Thorne from The Omen. Not okay, creepy kid. Yep, not okay, creepy kid. Damien is not okay. And he's no better <laughs> as a teenager or as an, a grown adult businessman played played by Sam Neill. Yep um okay let's uh let's wrap up our amazing show with a little uh a little quiz for you ryan we're gonna see uh you know we're gonna go take uh we're gonna go um uh and do a little um uh uh, a little quiz here because i want to find out ryan what would you do i don't know what do you do what do you do What do you do? What do you do? Seriously, what should I do? I don't know. Maybe this one? Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I'm dancing along to that. I forgot the whole graphic plays to that. So I might as well just sit here and buy it. Well, the graphic goes over what we're, you know, what we, what we're doing. So we're still seeing. Uh, And it's shorter. I don't know if you noticed that I I did edit it. It's a little shorter. shorter. I miss its epicness, but I feel like perhaps (laughs) this is the most efficient. What would you do? Yeah. Song you could have done. Yeah. I like it. And you still um, got the nice buildup. I don't know. Yeah, like that guy's. We all agree is the star of the what would you do? Absolute star. Yeah, you still get a nice kind of you know three act thing to him that you which I would have lamented the loss of. It's still there. So Mm -hmm. good job. Yep, that's Uh, the Soderbergh um, cut of the what would you do? (laughs) All right, we. uh, I want to know, Ryan. This is going to be the what would you do? And if you understand that reference, 
Thanks for watching the movie show with Joel and Ryan. You're exactly <laughs> the person that we need. You are the person who knows what's in our heads and, and knows what we actually very, very mean much. when we say the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to let's. This is the Halloween Creepy House Edition. Ooh. I thought something else was going to play. It, it was supposed to. Uh, it's one of those. Right. Apparently. Maybe you said it wrong. Try saying it again. Literally nothing, nothing, apparently nothing recorded. Ask there. Siri to play it for you. Nope. Uh, apparently <laughs> I miss. apparently I recorded it, thought it was there and uploaded it and, and nothing it was, was ever there. there. Oh, you could sing boy. it for us. Do you remember what it was? No, all, that one, all that one was, is, uh, was just a ghostly voice going. Get oh, I know. I tried to cue you yeah. early in the show to play that too, but then you didn't play it. Oh yeah. Cause I was saving it for this moment. And this it, one and moment. yet neither moment got it. Correct. Get out. I heard that when we were setting up the show. It was very cool, audience. You'll just have to take my word for it. Maybe I'll go find it and I'll insert it in there uh, after the fact. And then I, I can feel like after all this, out. we really have to kind of leave it without it. Maybe play mm -hmm. it at the very end so they can hear it if they want. There you go. There you go. I'll go grab it and, and do it that way. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the uh, the what would you do um, movie? Uh, let's see. Hold on. What should I do? Oh no, that's the oh, that's the long one. I I just wanted the I had the one, the sounder of just saying, "What would you do?" Um, all right, you you, ha you have to you have to spend the night, Ryan. You're gonna spend the night. Oh, um, good. Do I get money uh, in, or something? Because it's got to at least be money involved. Sure. Okay. I'll put some. We'll put some money on the line. You can go ahead and. Uh, of course, then I deserve you, to die because of my greed, according to haunted yeah, house well, film lore. So. Yeah. That, that's well see that's the trade-off that you have Is that, to, do we really uh, deserve to die because we want a million dollars to spend in no, that house i don't no. think so so i'm taking my money uh, all, right. all right uh so you are gonna get a Suck uh is that we're gonna Price. say a cool a cool million uh are you gonna are would you rather uh spend the night on in the house on haunted hill or in the haunted mansion from disney's haunted mansion those are my only two choices. Right now, I got others. The Haunted Mansion. Disney's Haunted Mansion? Well, yeah, I don't want to fall in a vat of acid with a skeleton or whatever. I mean, <laughs> screw that. At least the Haunted Mansion, some of the ghosts are goofy and fun, and I can, <laughs> you know, maybe bump into Eddie Murphy or something. I could live True, with that. There's that. Yeah, I don't want to go to House on Haunted Hill. You can keep that one. Blech. Even if it, Even if it's the remake one, that's even worse. Getting like <laughs> chopped up by broken mirrors and stuff. Blah. Uh -huh. No, thank you. Okay. Yeah, haunted mansion all the way, one hundred percent. All right, uh, all right. Would you rather spend the night in the cabin in the woods or the cabin from Evil Dead? Uh, cabin from Evil Dead, because I'm not. Uh, first of all, I don't read very much. And I almost never read aloud unless I'm doing a play. So I think, feel like I'd be relatively safe out there. Whereas, you know, flesh-eating, you know, uh, viruses, those could come for us all, to be honest. So it's true. I'm going with the Evil Dead, for sure. Okay. Sounds, that's, that's, uh, that sounds fair. I feel like I'm immune uh, to that place's horrors to some degree, you know. Depends. If I'm go i got to go with my three stupidest friends, then maybe I would choose differently. Uh, sure. Um, sure. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to spend the night in the Freeling house? That, of course, is our uh, the family from Poltergeist. Mm. 
or do you want to spend the night in the Amityville house? Oh, Freeling house for sure. Okay. Amityville what, is what? Really, well, because I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's just, it's just like a, to me, there those are two tricky houses. Just like a normal house. Well, but it's just like a normal house. I get that it's you know spooky or whatever. But if just one night, I mean, how many nights were they? They were there for like months before stuff started happening. And then even when it started happening, it took place over weeks. So I just okay. feel like. I can do the one night in that house. You could do Nobody, the one night. I know where they store the pot. Uh, I'm good to go. Really, watch okay. the Rams on the TV. So if it, it would have, it, it would it be different if I said, okay, you're gonna order film out a reality. some Pizza Hut. Huh? Get it? You're gonna <laughs> film. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna film a reality TV show uh, over the next three months at this. Uh, at the. At I'm this not house scared. I'm change. not scared at. Of thinking my face is peeling off if it isn't actually like then it's not much the clown but not really mm-hmm. I, I can do that house truly it's it's scary it's See, attrition uh, that, it wears them down but i, I could totally is, do it that, that yeah, house, amityville uh, is evil in that place yeah evil yeah. evil like the fruits of the devil truly um all right. Uh, this one, just because of the nature of it, I think we should maybe I, say. I think I'm susceptible uh, to becoming possessed by an evil spirit. I feel like just some like some early 80s special effects and glowing orbs and stuff. Like, I can do that for a night. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, what about if you were to have to spend, let's, let's, this one might be, let's do a, let's, I, I don't know, a week. Um uh, at the Overlook Hotel mm. or at the house from The Changeling? Mm. <laughs> wow, you got me on that one. I don't want to go to either of those places. Here, while, you're, while you're thinking, I just want to see what this sounder is. I have this sounder and I don't know what it sounds like. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of, that's good. That's solid. Uh, that's I, these are really really scary places to me. I'm gonna pick the the house in the Changeling because it's at least it's in Seattle and I can leave and go to a convenience <laughs> store or something. Go to a, a Starbucks. Yeah, I mean for real. It's, <laughs> that's the only thing because I don't want to spend a night in either of those places. I've been yeah. pretty cavalier up till this point, you know. <laughs> Poltergeist house, whatever, evil dead cabin, bring it on. But yeah, those <laughs> really scary. <laughs> the overlook yeah. is really super scary. And again we're talking about possession um, the spirit in the changeling house can, cannot be satisfied, and that's it's no trick to it, and that is terrifying. Talk about creepy kids, good lord almighty. You never even see that one, but it's the creepiest of all. So, mm-hmm. the changeling that's coming up in a future uh horror double feature episode that'll be one of Ryan's movies. It's an outstanding horror movie, yeah, I like with, that one. with George C. Scott. That Martin Scorsese says is one of his favorite scary movies ever. Wait, Ryan, did you just say George C. Scott? It is not in the file. It is not. Do yeah. not stay <laughs> in the house in Seattle where the kid is in the wheelchair is haunting you. Do not. <laughs> it, you know, I wish somebody could go tell him that. It, it's 
just you know, as a little substantive discussion, this guy does everything right. He 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 does everything right, mm-hmm. and he just can't. The spirit is so angry and has been wronged so deeply, and there's just you know, it's there. There's a modern horror movie that has the same take that also terrifies me called The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> You know, you think you you think you cracked it. You think you figured out what the thing wants, and that you're letting it have it, and it, it, you just can't. Samara is the same way. It's an angry, dark, unsolvable curse, and those are terrifying. You know. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. the Overlook. It's been oft covered on this show. <laughs> don't go to the Overlook. Just flat out, go. don't go. Even though. You can go in the summer, and there's all these these cute girls working there, and I saw people everywhere, and everyone's happy. Don't go to Overlook. Just don't do it. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't do it. Yeah. I stand by that. So there you go. I I would agree. <laughs> and that is, would you rather? I don't know. What do you do? What do you do? I don't know. What do you do? All right. Okay. So that is our little Halloween treat bag. That was fun. Uh, yeah, I, that was a lot of fun. I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed our kind of scattershot trip around uh, the wonderful world of Halloween. And um, yeah. uh, next week. So, yeah, as Ryan teased earlier, next week is going to be Halloween uh, 2021 mega mm-hmm. list. Yep. Where it's kind of like our year-end episodes. We're just going to march down these. And, and you know, and on that note, we do I always do my Halloween because I watch movies during Halloween. As I said, I have no, no I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Am I right? That is, that's, is there anything <laughs> creepier than that? I don't, I don't. Yeah, this is a little preview for next week. Okay, yeah, we I don't want to play too much of that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to we don't want the copyright people coming after us. That was their only hit after all. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, so they're entitled to every nickel involved with it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh next week <laughs> two things. Next week, a lot of really creepy movies. I've watched half of them. They are all been super creepy, so that's what you have to look forward to. Not a lot of fun franchises or or boo movies. They're pretty dark content. So be ready for that. And like I said, we always do those. We always do that show right this week. It's going to, this year it's going to be right on Halloween when we record it or when we release it, but it's going to be oh, right yeah. there yeah. on Halloween. Um, usually it's a day after a day before or something like that. So you're not, you don't get to use those. It's a week till Halloween. Maybe while you're listening to this, go back. Each Halloween season has a, has a Halloween movie tip bag episode where it just tells you, and I think I'm fair. I try and take these movies on as to what they are. Obviously I dislike some of them and I love some of them, but even the ones I love, you know, like last year's, uh, the particular cabin movie. I'm not even remembering what the lodge. Holy smoke. Yeah. I mean, I love that movie, but I don't necessarily recommend it. So (laughs) I truly, so, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's a deeply, deeply unpleasant experience. I mean, that is part of what Halloween movies or scary movies. It's the promise of some of them. And, but yeah, but I, I feel bad saying, yeah, you gotta see it's awesome. Cause it maybe your effect on you won't be that it's awesome. Maybe it'll be that it's yeah. terrible and it makes 
you want to crawl in a hole for two weeks and never come out. It could have that effect on you if you're sensitive. So I, my advice to you is listen to what I say. I'm trying to provide clarity. That's I feel like that's my number one job when I'm being a critic is to provide clarity and to help you make your choice for yourself, whether I love something or not. I think second priority, and it's a distant second, is to review it myself and give my my one person's reaction to it. I try and do both. So when you listen to those episodes, remember that and you can't go wrong. Rachel? Indeed, indeed. So. Uh, all right. So that is what you got to look forward to next week. Of course, um, if you have any uh, spooktacular suggestions or comments or questions. Now's the time. Um, next week, it'll be yeah, too absolutely. late. Re- reach out to us. After, after the next week, show. it's two straight months of Christmas episodes. Indeed. Um, Get your decorations and- out early <laughs> uh I, there may we may throw in uh a turkey lurkey time somewhere in there just uh to we'll see. honor thanks another awesome song we can't play on the show yep um all right so you can reach out to us at the movie show with joel and ryan page on facebook at ask joel and ryan on twitter instagram and tiktok at uh, ask joel and ryan at gmail.com is our email and uh and that i believe is going to do it for us for this week so once again thank you all so much for joining us and have a creepy week everyone Boo. thank you for listening to the movie show with joel and ryan remember all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people institutions or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with unless explicitly stated none of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive and now here's the producers circa 1982 to play us out <laughs>